I thought the anger in me would blow up a building. After, after I realised that what was done to me was so wrong, this anger just, whoa, just, it used to break things, you know, like get a whole lot of plates and smash them and drive a whole lot of balls on the driving range and just, just nothing would, you know, it just would not take this anger away. It was eating me alive. I'm Celia Filkey and this is Messages of Hope. Have you ever felt like smashing something? It might have been out of frustration or anger or feeling helpless about a situation or what someone had done to you. Overcoming these feelings might seem impossible, especially if they're the result of abuse. Stay with us as Andy Voigt interviews today's guests, who will share their story of healing from childhood abuse. Over to Andy. Thanks for joining us today, Chris and Jeff. Chris, could you start by giving us a sense of what you experienced as a child? My, my father was trained in the war in interrogation and torture. And when he came back from the war, I can see now he was a very, very sick man. And he did some terrible, terrible, terrible things. He was an electrician. Um, he electrocuted me lots of times in his workshop under the stairs. That was one of the, the flashbacks that would come was being tortured in his workshop under the stairs. And um, yeah, so, and the sexual abuse that went on for, for, for all the time until, and, and he committed suicide when I was 15. It's hard to take all that in. And yet you went on to live for many years without that even being part of your conscious thought. How do you explain that? They tell me it's a bit like in the sea and you've got this big beach ball and you're trying to keep it underwater trying to keep it down and that takes an incredible amount of energy to try and keep that down and I always wondered why I was really dumb at school and had lots of trouble with maths and things like that it was because all this energy was you know what was going on at home I didn't have I couldn't function at school and I was always in a remedial class but I'm discovering now that I'm not really as dumb as I thought I was, you know. <laughs> and so, so when that beach ball burst out of the water, that's when all the, all the memories came. So it, it's, it really is quite inevitable that all these things will come because you can only keep it down for so long. Can you tell us what led to the memories coming back after such a long time? As far as I can remember, I thought I had a normal life. And then I think late 40s, my, my late, late 40s, something really terrible happened to one of my daughters. And the shock of it, I started to go into depression. And then I can remember the flashbacks started to happen. I didn't know what was happening. I just thought I was just so totally losing it. And I think over a, a four-year period of time, I spent about three years in the psychiatric hospital. And some of that time was in strapped down. I was just totally psychotic. And they just didn't know what to do with me. And, and the shock treatment that they gave me didn't take away the memories. The, the, the trauma and the horror was still there. It took a long time, probably two years, for them to realise that Chris was uh, reliving the past. This was about trauma, not about depression, like they thought. Part of the abuse, I was burnt. I would wake up screaming from burning. They didn't recognise that that could be suppressed in the mind and held down for so long from childhood. Jeff, how did you cope with everything that was going on? Somehow, with God's help, I got through. It was horrendous, really scary because there was no help for me either. Um, I searched and searched all everywhere, and uh, and mm. through that time, I was sort of in nowhere, nowhere land. Uh, I'll be honest; I nearly left Chris, but um, some reason, probably God saying, "Ah, no, you're not getting away, Jeff. You've got to stay here for a while." Um, 
I stayed. And um, So when did things begin to change? At that time, like, this free thinker actually challenged Chris and said, well, you have, you're at the at a fork in the road here. You can either go home and die or you can get better. That psychiatrist sending me home, giving me the ultimatum. I guess that, I don't know, that set a fire off in me and um, I chose to fight back. And what happened then? Well, uh, God stepped in big time. I mean, he was there all, all the time. But And I'd like to say that I instantly got better, but I didn't. I really got worse because the light hit the darkness and then the clean out started. I, come and I can't take you step by step because I can't really remember it. But I know that God put lots of people in my life, um, Bible, Bible studies, incident, you know, like incident after incident after incident that would deal with a certain problem that needed to be fixed in my, say, like unforgiveness or anger or whatever, whatever needed to be addressed in me. God arranged for it to happen. I, I, I don't know how, but it, it happened. I didn't really have a lot of help from the church because I didn't understand. But there have, have been a few counsellors and a few friends that have walked the walk with me. What would you say has been a key part of your healing? When you've been through trauma as severe as I had, I was a very, very fragmented person and didn't know that I was. And so part of my healing has been identifying those fragments. And in my case, it was personalities, actual personalities. And part of my healing was moulding of those personalities back into me. So that was really very vital for Jesus to come in and heal those tortured parts and to heal them and put them back. And that was done through prayer. So, um, yeah, God's done a mighty work in me. You're listening to Messages of Hope. Today we're talking with Chris and Jeff about finding healing from childhood abuse. And later in the program, I'll be offering a free gift that offers a way to find victory over past hurts. Chris, as you were beginning to put the pieces of your life back together, were there things that people did that were just not helpful? Um, trying to fix it. In, you, you, in can't their, fix in their, it. you can't fix it. You can't fix it. In what ways would they try to fix it? Um, trying to give, give solutions and, yeah. you know, go and see this doctor or go and have this therapy done or just trying to find a way to, to make it stop. Yeah. Mm, and that's not really very helpful. And also, get over it. Mm, it all happened back then. What's the matter yeah, with you? get over it. does not help. I can remember I probably would have been the first one that wanted to get over it in a big hurry. Where did you eventually find support? I can't say that I sought it out because one of the symptoms of the abuse is to isolate. You have voices in your head saying, you know, you're not worthy, you don't deserve. And one of the uh, results of rejection and isolation is to do the thing that you, you don't want to do. And that means if you isolate yourself and you draw, withdraw and what you need the most is people. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, I think you should say that for the first, say, five, six, seven years, there was no support group. None whatsoever. And, and we lost friends and we lost, fam- lost everything. They couldn't handle us. They didn't know what to do with us. So they sort of drifted away. But God, he would not let up. He kept putting things in my path and it just felt right to just flow into that thing for the time. So it was God, yeah. Mm. What would you say to people who have a friend or family member dealing with trauma? I would say for them to look after themselves for sure. 
because if they tried to take on the pain and take on the hurt, they could get swamped and get worn out really, really quickly. So I would say to them, you need to have your boundaries, but you need to be there. When a person is going through depression and whatever, you never know how they're going to be. One day they could be angry. One day they could just be sleeping all day. But they need someone there. Just keep coming back. Uh, a person who's suffered from rejection and hurt, they need to know that you, you are, you're not going away and you will come back. If the person wants to cry, cry with them. If they want to sit on the floor and rock, sit on the floor and rock them. If you want to go out the back step and smash some plates, do it with them. It's that support that they need. It's not the judgment. Oh, you shouldn't be smashing plates. You can, you can buy another plate. It doesn't matter. But be there and support them, love them and show them that you will be there and you won't judge them. You can go hand in hand. And pray for them. Yes. That's the most important thing you can do. Sometimes I think people think, oh, well, I, I've done all I can do now, I'll pray. I reckon that should be the first thing you do because that then God can move. Some people would say, where was God when all the abuse was happening? I've had to ask, I asked that many, many times and, and one of the prayer times, he, he told me where he was, that he was there and he was taking the blows and he was taking the abuse. Get a bit teary about it. <laughs> um, he made us, he made us with a free will and um, he wants us to come to him because we want to come to him, not because he's made us come to him. We're free. We're free to have choice. We're free to do whatever we do. And man has made some terrible choices. And other people suffer from that. And that's not God's fault. That is so not God's fault. And, I, and he showed me that he was there. And that day that I went to the cross with him, he took it all away. I mean, he'd done that on, the, on Calvary 2,000 years ago. But I didn't, there's parts of me that didn't know that. But that day I knew it. And like, who, wherever there is child prostitution and all these terrible, terrible things that go on in the world, he's there. And he's, he's taking it. He's taking it into that body that went to the cross. And he weeps. He weeps. And he so longs for people not to do that to other people. But we have free choice. We have free will. And I, will, I, I, I didn't want that stuff to happen to me. I don't want that stuff to happen to anybody. But it happened. But Jesus dying for me and loving me the way he loves me, he made a way for it to be transformed. And I know that he's made it into something amazing. That he's, he's turning that terrible time around and, and making it so that I can help other people. Because, you know, the Bible tells us that we comfort with the comfort that we have been given. And, and what I've been through gives me the right to speak up. And sometimes people need tough love. Because sometimes you can get stuck in a place when you, you, you know, you get stuck in the past and you think people owe you a right to look after you and, and, and because of my behaviour is because of the abuse. And I would say, no, that is not, not the case. God wants you, to, wants you to come to a better place. He loves you. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. And he wants you to come into a, a really good place. But you have to stop feeling sorry for yourself and get on with it. I can say get on with it because I've been through it and I've, I've had a lot of many years of that. But it's not, 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 not so much as getting on with it, but it's getting on with Jesus. Are you struggling to clear your mind of something from the past? Is it still having a negative impact on your life today? 
contact us for the free booklet Victim, Validated, Victorious at messagesofhope.org.au. You'll discover how God can help you face the past and give you a new future. For your free copy of Victim, Validated, Victorious, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. Or order your free copy at messagesofhope.org.au where you can also see a video of today's story titled Smashing Plates. I'm Celia Filkey from Messages of Hope, a part of the Lutheran Church where love comes to life. I hope you can join us next week for part two of Smashing Plates. Is it possible to forgive someone who has hurt you so deeply? Why would you even want to?